0: morning, church. Um, before I get rolling here, I want to invite everybody back next week. Uh, we've got a very important thing going on. Um, it's the Emoji Christmas. As if you don't get enough text messaging in your life, we're going to find it here in church, too, as our kids are going to present um, an Emoji Christmas. You do not want to miss this. Seriously. In fact, if you've got outlaws, in-laws, grandmas, grandpas, all that invite them to come, brothers, sisters, whatnot. It's gonna be a good time. I'm really looking forward to this, Um, largely because I want to share the fabulous music that I've been hearing every single day. And in fact, when you're listening to Christmas carols on Spotify, it's really funny how the words change to match the lyrics in the show, not the traditional ones. So, you know, we wish you a Twitter Christmas or whatever it is. Look out. I mean, it's, it's something. So I uh, just want to invite you back. That's going to that's happen next week during service. Really looking forward to it. So if you have some uh, family members and you want to see your kids do something fun, this is it. By the way, I've seen more uh, $100,000 winners on Funniest Home Videos when it comes to children's Christmas programs. Totally worth it. I'm just saying that out loud. So anyway, uh, hopefully uh, you can make it for that next week during during service. Emoji Christmas. All right. So <clears throat> here's the thing. Every now and then in the life of every preacher, uh, sometimes a Sunday message gets applied to my life more than I care to admit. <clears throat> And sometimes it happens in dramatic ways. And you you know that God is speaking to you specifically sometimes. And um, sometimes as he's speaking to you specifically, it's very clear he's trying to teach you the lesson you're trying to teach the church. (laughs) see where this is going, don't you? So... Let me just tell you, last, last weekend, um, Eliana, uh, Eliana and I were driving home from somewhere and I got some weird lights on the dashboard of my car. Weird lights meaning, I've not seen these before, that kind of weird. Now um, to, to be completely, uh, I mean, open about this, um, we, we drive, one of our cars is a, is a hybrid vehicle. And a hybrid vehicle means that it operates on gas, electricity, and, and voodoo, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Um, and the voodoo comes out when the system doesn't work properly because it's a little more complex than the average car. Now, I'm not a car guy, I fully admit that, but um, the, the hybrid is a completely different animal altogether. All and so I got the vehicle home, I got my child out of the car, and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do, because it gave me these, for whatever reason, Honda uses orange, and it just looks angry, <laughs> it just does, it just looks angry. And so um, so I, I got her in, into the house, and I went back out, and I started the car up, and I understand when you turn a car over, you sometimes hear a click. Well, I got the click, and then a bunch of different lights popping on and off. It was like ghost in the machine kind of stuff. I mean, when I talk about bippity-boppity-boo, that was it. I thought, uh uh-oh, now what? Um, Because uh, the way our lifestyle is, we kind of need two cars. And so I thought, okay, so Sunday came along, and we were trying to manage... Um, all of us, because my in-laws were also here, and at one point I actually left my eldest daughter here accidentally <laughs> because I forgot that she was supposed to ride with me. And anyway, that doesn't happen often, right, honey? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I'll pay you five bucks later. Um, so Monday, I, I I get up and. Uh, because the car didn't work, I had to actually tow the car to the dealership, uh, to the mechanic. And um, dropped it off, told him what was happening. He kind of smiled knowingly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, about, uh, about an hour or two later, I get a phone call. that said, okay, we've checked all the codes, <laughs> which again is like this foreign language to me. But okay, we've checked all the codes and it appears that it's your battery. And I'm like, okay, the hybrid battery or the battery battery? And he says, no, no, it's just just the regular car battery underneath the hood. Not that and I'm like, oh, praise God, because a hybrid battery is really expensive. So I was very happy about that. He says, tell you what, we're going to go ahead and put a new battery in. Um, he said with the diagnosis and with all the labor and parts on that, it's probably going to be about 250 bucks. I'm like, Whew, okay, I can live with 250 bucks. And. Uh, uh, he says, "I'll, I'll we'll, we'll test it when we're done. I'll call you back." Great. Two hours later, I get another call back. <clears throat> yeah. uh Oh. And he says, uh, "Okay, so we um, we put the new battery in and we retested it, and it cleared all of the codes except for one." Have you ever been talking to someone on the phone? and the tone of voice indicates this is not a phone call they want to make. <laughs> this phone call was like that, especially when he said, but one. I said, okay. He says, yeah, and he, he says it was a code for, and I, I don't know what the language was. I mean, Greek, Hebrew, I've done a little Japanese. This is a word I've never heard of before. I have no idea. It might as well have been. Related to medicine or something. I have no idea what it was and, and he said uh, he said it, it needs it, which is basically a computer Yeah And then he told me how much it was To put this in perspective, it would be the equivalent of me putting a brand spanking new MacBook Pro with all the bells and whistles in my car to essentially manage where the electricity goes in the vehicle now, I know how much a MacBook Pro is because I just bought one about a year ago and my daughter is getting ready to buy one for school, so I know how much this is. And on top of it, he said, um, it's going to be half a, again as much in order just to install it because of where it sits in the vehicle. So let me get this straight. 3600 bucks to go from paperweight mode to driving mode. <laughs> yeah, basically. No wonder he didn't want to make that call. So what I told him was, I said, you know what, I need to think about this, let me call you back. He says, that's fine, I'll be here all day tomorrow. You go ahead and give me, give me a call, let me know what you want to do. <laughs> so I hung up the phone, <clears throat> and I, uh, I have to admit, I had a little bit of anxiety at that point. I hadn't told Lisa yet. <laughs> and there was this little part of me that said, maybe you ought not say anything. <laughs> and I thought, no, 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 she's my partner. I need to figure this out. But I wasn't going to do it then because we're getting ready to go into staff meeting. Of course, the entire staff heard about it. And, and uh, I'm thinking, this is right before Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. And this was one of those years, just for our family, where it felt like Every other month, I was opening the wallet and letting the wind just take all the cash out. We had a new dishwasher. I think I told you all about that not too long ago. It was a really cool story. Uh, then we had our daughter's surgery. And then, um, what oh, oh, yes, I just had to buy a brand new refrigerator right before Thanksgiving. Otherwise, there would be no turkey. Or, well, actually, there would have been turkey. We'd all have been sick. But, you know. <laughs> And the list goes on and on and on, and I don't say that. I'm just trying to put this in context, and I'm like, okay, so here we go again. My anxiety level started to do this. I can't really wait. I can't really do anything with the vehicle, so I have to do something. And, and then this little voice was like, hey, didn't you just preach about anxiety on Sunday? There are a few things in life that will make a preacher cuss faster <laughs> than having the Holy Spirit remind you of something that you just talked about the day before, right? So here's the passage that we talked about. I want you to see this. Yeah, there's my anxiety. Philippians chapter 4. Oh, by the way, he starts this, Rejoice! And again, I say rejoice. <clears throat> let your gentleness or your level-headedness, we talked about this last week, let your level-headedness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which trans- transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I didn't feel like rejoicing at that point. <clears throat> I tried to be level-headed. Actually, <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> and at that moment, I was not too sure of the Lord's proximity to me. <laughs> he was, you know, He's supposed to be near, but I wasn't too sure about that. So, that night, I explained it to my wife as we were walking the dog, and to her credit, she, she didn't panic. Um, that came a little bit later. And she said, just remember, you've had a few hours to process this. You just told me. Like, oh, that's why I should have said something earlier. Mm, yeah, that's true. So what we did is we, we, we prayed. We, we, we tried to follow the biblical pattern here. But look, one of the things that I've committed to being as, as a pastor is just to be honest and transparent as much as I possibly can. And um, I know that I needed to pray in that moment. I knew that was something that I had to do. Um, the petition part, we finally got together, my wife and I, and we prayed about it. And I'll be honest, I wasn't really sure what to ask at that point. And frankly, I had a really hard time finding something to be thankful for, other than the fact that, hey, I had a car, and yes, I have to repair it, but at least I have, have a vehicle. But frankly, it felt like a whole lot of stretch to do that. But we made our request, and we asked for some help. We just said, God, I don't know what we need, but you know, we need some help. This is, this is a big deal. <clears throat> So Tuesday morning, I called the mechanic back, and I, I had some questions. We had, had, in our course of discussion about it, we had some questions, so I asked the questions. And one of the questions, I said, is there any chance that there, any part of this is under warranty? If, if the little wires that connected the computer to everything were under warranty, I'd take that. <laughs> Anything would be, would be great to try to knock that part, part down, and so I asked, asked that question. And he said, well, we're having, we're having computer problems of our own. Of course you are. Um, so let me, let me do some research. I'll, I'll give you a call back a little bit later. I said, all right. So imagine there's a couple of hours that go by. And maybe you've been in these circumstances, too, where things are going over in your mind. And you come to this point, and you realize, look, fussing and cussing is not going to change anything. And yelling and screaming at the dealer, who's just trying to do his job, is not going to help, certainly, although I kind of wanted to at that point. Um, and there was no really white knight that was going to ride in and save the day on this one. I just I couldn't, couldn't imagine that. And so for me, I knew that we would recover financially by the grace of God. It would just take a while. And, and the only way I can describe it was that there was a switch in my mind that was just an acceptance. Okay, this is how much it's going to cost. And yes, it's right before Christmas. Great. Okay. At least I have a car. It will work when I'm done. Be good. And it, it struck me later on that there's this idea of the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I don't know why I felt that way. In fact, I had every you know reason to be still anxious and upset about it. But for me, that word was acceptance. It was just coming to that moment of acceptance of saying, this is my reality and I have to live in it. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, decision has been made in my mind. Guy's gonna call me back. We're we're just gonna go ahead and, and do this. So. In retrospect, I understand this now a little bit better than I did. This idea of a peace of God. And then a couple hours later, I got a phone call from the dealer. Finally got our computers up and working and said, I don't know what happened yesterday. Well, what do you mean you don't know what happened? Well, because I looked this part up yesterday and, and I quoted you the price on it, but the repair is under warranty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise God is right. My $3,600 price tag went down to 150 bucks. Yeah. They, Honda even took care of the diagnostic part of it, too. I only had to pay for the, the, the brand-new battery. That was the, the whole, whole kind of thing. And the guy says to me on the phone, he says, yeah, Christmas came a little early. And I'm like, yeah, and you Santa Claus. <laughs> God bless you for that. Now, here's the thing. Here we are. I'm telling you this story. Praise God. Great story. Let's sing the last song and let's all go home. But I want to keep this as real as I possibly can. Because here's, here's the big question. Here's the big question. I was talking to a, my, my best friend about this the other day. I followed the biblical pattern. Okay, What I, what I have still preached this message had I paid three hundred or $3,600. Would I have done that? I mean, I'm trying to be real with you because here in the church, one of the things we like to do is we like to hold up when God does something, right? And that's, that's fine. And, and we should do that. Those are, those are things that we need to point out to one another because if my experience can give you hope, then that's something that I want to do. But let's keep this thing as real as we possibly can. Had I had to pay almost four grand to make my car work, would I be preaching this sermon today even though I followed the biblical pattern? Maybe. The question is maybe. I don't know. And just because I had a happy experience with this doesn't mean it's going to work out this way next time. Nor does it mean that it'll work out the same way for you. That's just reality. That's the reality of being in the church. Because when we talk about this idea of pray, petition, with thanksgiving, when we have those three things that happen and we follow that pretend, that is not a magic formula. Jesus is not a genie in the bottle, that's not who he is. And I want to be clear when we talk about that, is that this isn't about rubbing the lamp just the right way to make sure that you know everything happens. And yet, at the same time, it's a very useful pattern because I don't know about you, when I get frustrated and I get anxious, I want to do something, right? And this gives me something to do by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Make your requests known. And it doesn't feel like a whole lot, but it's better than sitting around just being anxious and stewing about something. you hear me? I think it's important. And then the other piece of this, and I think this is um, an important component we have to take into consideration. And I didn't realize this until I went through this experience. Okay, so God's teaching me stuff too, all the time. Paul gives us another helpful thought in the very next verse. You got to keep reading. And so I want to I share that with you. I'm trying to keep this real. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the And the God of peace will be with you. Remember, this was just talking about prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, then the peace of God. And He gives us another component or another piece of this or another insight into all of this. So, whatever is true and noble, which is honorable, whatever is right, what is pure, what is lovely, admirable, which means of of good repute, has a good reputation. Whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, or in, in some translations, is whatever is worthy. And I get this sense that when Paul is using all of these words, it's not about the specifics, but he's literally trying to cover every single base. He's trying to look at everything possible that is positive. Think about these things. And here's the interesting thing about that word think it means to meditate, to ponder to give weight to, to deliberate. In other words, you have to focus your attention on it. And if you remember last week, one of the things that we talked about with emotions is not the emotion that gets you in trouble. It's your reaction or your response to the emotion that gets you in trouble. And so he's giving us some insight here and he's saying, "Now wait a minute, where's your attention on this? When you're anxious, when you're feeling that way and you're trying to pray and to petition and to have some thanksgiving, where is your attention in all of this? And I think that one of the big ideas that we can kind of come away with when we talk about this is that your energy will follow your focus. If your energy is going to be in a positive direction, then it's going to continue in that way. But if it's negative, you're going to start that downward spiral. And I, I can't help but Every time I think about the downward spiral, I think about that one piece of furniture in everybody's home that when you press a lever, it does this. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you, some of you get it. But that's what happens is we end up moving this in this negative direction. When we're positive about it, it makes our responses more beneficial. But when it's negative, it's a downward spiral. And we shouldn't be surprised by that, but I think sometimes that we are. And so for me, my car, my little story that I'm telling here, started with acceptance. This is my reality right now. I can either focus on the negative meaning it's going to cost a lot of money, or I can focus on the positive and say, at least when I'm done with this, my car will work again and that's what I really need. That's, that's me. It may be different for you. Your focus on something positive might be something completely different. I don't know. It depends on you and what your personality is. And then notice back in verse 9, it says, And the peace of God will be with you. It is a very powerful thing to acknowledge God and then to accept your responsibility in all of this. Your responsibility for yourself and for your, re- your reactions or your responses. Now, here's the thing. Again, trying to be honest about this, I may not like the outcome. $3,600? I don't like that. I don't like that one at all. But you're, you're only going to make it worse... If you focus on that part, and here's the other thing, folks, if you're going to focus on the negative piece of this, you actually rob yourself of God's opportunity to move. That make sense? That just to say, okay, this is the reality. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to accept this. I may not like it. But then the peace of God begins to show up. And I think it's that half the time we miss out on God actually moving on our behalf simply because we focused on the wrong things if that makes any sense to you. I'm still trying to learn that, by the way, so I am not telling you this from from some kind of experience that I'm this way all the time. Um, Most of the time, I'm a wreck. So I don't... But I'm learning this, beginning to understand this. And the peace of God transcends human understanding. Now look, it's Christmas time. I love this time of year. This is a lot of fun. But frankly, it's easy to be stressed, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, there's all the preparations, which in your house may or may not include cooking and baking, Um, but it's certainly about buying gifts and managing money related to the gifts, right? Yes. There's all of the events. There's school stuff and there's church stuff. And I was just talking to Lisa about this the other day. It's not just the events that eat up a lot of your time, but it's the rehearsal for said events, you know what I mean? Because the kids got to get there for practice in order to have the event because you don't want to just have the event without any practice, right? So we've got all of that going on, so the calendar begins to fill up and then you've got your, like I said, outlaws and the in-laws and they're maybe coming in for a town or you still have to buy something for Aunt Mabel and she is really hard to shop for and you know, you've got somebody like that in your house uh, household too. And, of course, there's always this pressure of time because, you know, the 25th is coming up really fast. And, and I don't know about your life, but mine seems to pick up speed towards the end of, end of the year. And with all the other things, I kind of lose track of the time. Are you feeling me? It's a stressful time. But what if this year we didn't get lost in the mad rush? What would that be like? Well, this Advent season, this series that we're in, we've, we've decided to call it Breathe. Because what we really want is for every person to make a conscious decision to enjoy the holiday season. Not just because it's a holiday, but because of what this actually means to us as Christians. The creator and sustainer of the universe wrapped himself in human flesh and brought heaven down to earth. And we get to celebrate that. And so when we think about all of the gifts that we need to buy, can we see it in the light of the great gift that God gave us? Can we focus on enjoying this and to be present every single moment. And, and, and this is kind of the way it, it sort of came to me. It's presence over presence. And you got to read it in order to understand it. Your presence over the presence that you're going to, that you're going to buy. Now, don't get me wrong. Your kids want stuff underneath the tree. I get that. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But if we make that our focus, I think we miss out on some of the other pieces. Because really, yes, Jesus was the gift. But the gift was his presence. It was the fact that he came to earth, that heaven came down. His presence was the present, Mm -hmm. as it were. And so my my thought is, can we resist the stress that comes with the season? Because it'll sneak up on you. Have you noticed that? Yesterday, we went and we bought our Christmas tree. We had a lot of fun. We got at home and then I swear the stress started. I have kittens, did I tell you that? (laughs) I now have a tree in my living room. These two things do not go together well. Upshot is I have a squirt gun. Anyway. Paul helps us though. He gives us an antidote um, to anxiousness and that's prayer and petition that gives us something to do and thanksgiving. And by the way, when you're grateful, it erodes discontent. It's really hard to be discontent with things when you're trying to be grateful for things. And if we can consciously try to be grateful for the season and for the things that we do have and the people that we have around us, I think the peace of God then enters into our midst and we can be grateful present with the people that we love the most. We can be present with God, too. But I think he also is, he really says to us in, in the second part of this verse is that to think on what's good and what, what's decent. And let's be honest, there's a lot of things to criticize right now. There's a lot of things to criticize about the holidays. and. But what if we chose Light instead of the darkness? What if we chose the positive rather than the negative? What would that be like? And, and so really what I'm arguing for here is just to, to simply kind of be mindful about things. It's interesting, I mentioned this last week, but there's a, a growing body of research on, on uh, gratitude and gratefulness. Um, a lot of the self-help gurus are starting to, to um, uh, kind of push this idea of being grateful. The other thing is they're pushing is this idea of mindfulness. Which I think is really funny because I think Paul was, has been telling us this for 2,000 years, and funny how what goes around comes around, especially if it really is true wisdom. And so to be mindful, to be so i think self-awareness wins in general, just when we're more aware of ourselves and what we're feeling and how we're responding and reacting to it. And so really, the the I guess the. The advice that I'm giving here is to think about your thinking. What's going on in your head? Think about that. What, what am I saying to myself? Because we all have self-talk. And when we become aware of that and we can, we can see that maybe it's predisp- uh, predisposing us to something negative rather than something positive, but you actually have to think about your thinking. What are you focusing on? And if you are experiencing stress, then I guess a couple of questions. The first one is, what's one thing good right now? I know that sometimes um, when I'm around people and I see that they're going down the negative road, I'm like, hey, tell me something great that's going on in your life. Because you've got to break them out of that downward spiral. This is especially true with kids. It's just to help them see that you know, there are some good things that are going on. But to do that to ourselves, too, because you know, it, it's easy for us to fall into that trap. So what's one good thing right now? Or or maybe you could ask this question, hey, what are you thankful for? That erodes discontentment to be aware of the things that we're we're focusing on, the things that we're thinking about, and then to find those questions that break us out of it. And you know what? This is probably all kind of, you know, therapeutic self-help kind of stuff, but it goes back to what Paul was saying to us. Whatever is good and noble and righteous and, excellent and praiseworthy. Think about those things. That junk that you keep turning over in your mind, does it qualify? And what's and more, how's that working out for you? Yeah. And by the way, every Sunday, uh, Pastor James and I, we go and we park ourselves over there. You know, maybe, maybe you just need a little boost. Um, Things are negative, or you're focused on the negative, or something going on in life. Don't do this alone. If if you're having a hard time with prayer and petition, with Thanksgiving, make requests to God. If you can't do that, we'll help you. We we like to do that, right, James? Yeah, we find it a privilege to be able to do that. And if you don't take advantage of it, that's fine. It it, it's okay, but we're there. And we're going to try to be there every single Sunday if people want some additional prayer support. We're happy to do it. And I'll tell you this, if as we're singing and you make your way over there, nobody's watching you. Nobody's wondering well, what's going on in their life. You know why? Because they're too busy dealing with their own stuff. And so we're happy to, to meet with you and pray with you and We're all in this together, aren't we? And I think if we can just kind of start there, just with that idea that we're not meant to do this alone, maybe we can just breathe and enjoy the season for what it is. The creator and sustainer of the universe came to us in a way that we would understand.